Hey everybody, it's your old friend John Luna with another RFC minicast. Uh, this is going to be a good one. This is one of those episodes that are my favorite episodes. It's uh, not a completely new voice to you, but a new context and a new show. It's his first appearance joining me from the RFC team, Rob Clay. How are you, sir? I'm not bad. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're recording this, for at least for me, right after the dinner hour. So uh, I'm, I'm full. I'm happy. Fat as a tick. <laughs> how, about, how about you, sir? Oh, uh, not too bad. We, you know, we got in the habit of eating a little bit earlier because, you know, when my dad got home from work. Ah, yes. He, he's diabetic, so it's like, you know, he, he needed to eat when he was done doing all that. So I get it. I get it. Hey, Rob, before we jump into uh, Transformers talk, and, and on this episode, I think Rob and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, some highs and lows so far from the year or the last few months of Transformers releases toy-wise. We're going to have a real toy-centric discussion, but before we get into that, Rob, I wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself and kind of what brought you to RFC and such. So I know I know you're a dedicated Transformers man. What mm-hmm. other what other toy lines or um, uh, sci-fi lines and whatnot? What strikes your fancy outside of Transformers Land? Um, well, of course, the thing that that really you know the other big thing that I have a lot of that is how XV and I met, which is how I got to RFC ultimately was is Gundam, and the you know the US four and a half inch line is basically the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the the that scale of figure once once the shows got canceled here through you know the usual cartoon network shenanigans they didn't have to worry about u.s safety standards anymore and the thing just took off and like basically any imported gundam figures you find made from 2005 on are pretty much going to be spectacular and you know that that's that's the largest thing in that I have that is uh, not Transformers related. Um, other than that, I mostly have like the foreign scale Marvel f- uh, figures at this point. I had I did Marvel Legends for a while, but when something actually has a stated scale, which I think sometimes I'm actually th- uh, thankful Transformers doesn't, I kind of loathe scale change. So when they got going on the four inch stuff, I sold off m- most of my Marvel Legends, which kind of coming back to bite me now since they're not really doing a lot of high quality four inch Marvel stuff anymore. Yeah. I, uh, I, I can relate to that in my own world. I collected, well, some people may not realize this, but, uh, but I'm a, I'm a pretty avid fan of fighting games and fighting game action figures are a spotty, uh, subject to say the least, uh, soda toys about 10 years ago. Oh my gosh. Seven, eight years ago, something like that. At least, did a what has turned out to be in hindsight probably the best line of Street Fighter action figures to date. Not saying a ton, but it was like I think markedly the best. I sold that collection off many many years ago, and I regret it now because nothing has come close to that to that series since. So I relate to that for sure. I didn't know about the um, the the benchmark. Uh, or that that change, historical change to mobile suit action figures, with the uh, the demise of the U.S. market. That's very interesting. Yeah, because the, the the biggest change that you can see immediately is that, I mean, you have some of the U.S. stuff, right? I do. I do have it. And you remember those soft plastic beam saber blades? Ah, uh, yes, and, of course. And 
how lucky you were if you found one that stayed straight. Well, like the first assortment for Gundam Seed Destiny, once once they stopped having to worry about the U.S., all those blades became rigid plastic. Interesting. Interesting. On top of which, they started adding even more articulation to them. Just about every knee is a double or triple joint once you hit Gundam Seed Destiny. And after that was the extended MS in action line, which piles really nice, high-quality paint jobs on top of all that. And yeah, there's some really amazing stuff in in that little window of MS in action for like 2005 to 2007 before it came became Robot Damashi. Interesting. I'll have to go back and revisit that. I'm legitimately interested. I did enjoy that line. Even the, uh, the not-so-great uh, U.S. run, I guess back in the heyday when Gundam was kind of firing <laughs> on all cylinders here. Um, uh, do you have, before we get into Transformers, because now we're on a Gundam kick, do you foresee any opportunity down the road where Gundam could have a resurgence here, kind of like how it did, gosh, 10 years ago or so? I don't know if it's ever going to be that big again, but I, it's, it's starting to creep back in. Um, Gundam Build Fighters and Build Fighters Trier actually seem to be doing pretty well on YouTube because Bandai has released all of that sub to YouTube. And apparently they've released the Gundam The Origin uh, movies here, the first one, very expensive, but it is actually, you know, available in the U.S. So they are trying to, you know, get Gundam stuff over here again. I don't think it's ever going to be what it was, which is a shame, but they are at least trying to get the shows and the model kits to where they're actually available for people in the U.S. The uh, Barnes & Noble, last I checked, if there are any actually still around, do carry Gundam models at this point. Interesting. Who would have guessed? Yeah. Uh, if I ever come across a Barnes Noble again, I will I will check that out just just for the novelty of seeing those on the shelves. Honestly, that would be a treat. Oh yeah. So let's get into Transformers, Rob. That is why people listen to this show, I, I, I suppose. Um, <laughs> the last few months, six months or so, easily have been quite uh, thick and interesting in the world of Transformers toys. Are there any that jump out? And you and XV actually do a fine job on tformers.com of reviewing uh, toys on a regular basis. Well, thank um, you. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely would encourage anybody to go to tformers.com, and uh, it will take very little effort to find uh, Rob's and XV's fine work uh, breaking down toys. Um, Rob, in the last few months or so, are there any <clears throat> toys in particular that you think have kind of become cream of the crop? Or have there been any that um, have been stinkers, so to speak? What uh, let's talk about? Let's start with on positive note. What are some of the ones that have been real highlights for you so far in the in the recent past? Well, I, I think my favorite thing so far this year has has to be Superion. Um, we still use the figurereviews.com review scale, the, the non numeric scale for T formers. And it is probably, Superion is probably the first thing I have given our top rating state of the art in seven or eight years, at least. Wow. Do you happen to remember maybe what could have been the last time you gave that ranking? Um, the last time I gave that ranking was actually for a Gundam figure. It was for the uh, Goof Ignited from uh, Gundam Seed Destiny, which, again, is just, uh, it's, a, it's a really nice figure. It has just about all of the nice engineering that 
never sadly made it to the U.S. line in one place. And it's, you know, it, it's an alternate universe version of the goof that can be used in space and has its own jetpack. So it's just a nice, fun little figure. Let's talk about Superion maybe from a little bit of a different angle, if you will. So one of the things that interests me about Superion, and like you, I have glowing thoughts about him. One of my, not concerns, but one of my thoughts about Superion is whether or not is he going to be an outlier in Combiner Wars as significantly better than anything we'll get from here on out, or if he is just the beginning and, and we can evolve even past him. Um, now that we have we have Minosaur, we have at least one to compare him to. Um, do you, what's your feeling, what kind of feel do you get from Superion now as his place kind of in, in the line once we kind of have the line under our belt, once we get going, does he feel like something that's an outlier in that he's going to be significantly better than anything we get? Or do you have faith looking at him and kind of feeling him out that he's the beginning of good things to come and that, that kind of uh, love and hate feel that, that the community seems to have for Minnesota? What, what are your thoughts on him in, in the context of the line? It's kind of tough to say whether or not he's going to end up being, you know, whether whether Combiner Wars has peaked early. I mean, in terms of a, in terms of the torso, it's the best thing we've gotten and seen so far because Hotspot looks like a spectacular figure taken individually and a decent torso, but just has some of the same weird proportional problems that Menasaur has when when you look at it from certain angles. Um, in, in terms of just overall, in terms of the limbs, I'm kind of stuck on that because I don't, uh, XV is actually holding my stunicons for me and along with some other uh, stuff that I'm going to get shipped to me soon. And I don't get to get a look at the protectabots until Saturday. So from what I've seen, sadly, Dragstrip seems to kind of be an outlier from the rest of the stunicons. He, he... You know, his construction, I was hoping, would be kind of something that they all shared. It's a little bit simpler than the aerial bots in ways that I like. He's the one that I thought is the best standalone in terms of the deluxe figures. They they all work fairly well in all modes, but that's the one that, if you never turned it into an armor leg, I think I would think was a perfectly fine toy, you know? Absolutely. I know what you're saying. I think uh, I think dra- drag strip is, is a great standalone figure kind of like Silverbolt ended up being a great standalone figure the fact he turns into a, a really strong torso kind of puts him over the top um, I would uh, I would also say that I'm I'm just a big fan of the new locking mechanism that they've designed into these toys I think it's a really cool innovation and that kind of alone has kind of validated the concept to me because the, the way combiners connected over the past years that's always been something that hasn't just just has never felt right, you know. Yeah, it always takes a, a disturbing amount of force to get Bruticus or Fall of Cybertron Bruticus or Power Core Combiners or any of those things back apart, and they all have fairly you know moderately similar peg designs. This yeah, the new the new connectors on for Combiner Wars definitely. They work well, and they're not something I'm worrying about breaking somewhere down the line, which, especially with Bruticus, has always been a concern for me. Absolutely. So uh, outside of Combiner Wars proper, have you had a chance to look at uh, any other toys in the, in, in the past uh, few months that have 
kind of jumped out. Have you have you looked at any of the Robots in Disguise pieces? And if so, what are some of your thoughts on that line? Actually, I haven't yet. I, I It's something I mean to get around to, but it, it's just, you know, Combiner Wars has kind of been my focus at the moment. I, and the, the larger scales of that, at, at that, I, you know, I, I've got a want list. I want to get strong arm. I've heard good things about Warrior Class Grimlock. And, of course, I want to go back and get you know, some of the Legends stuff that I've missed, like Bombshell and Power Glide and Blackjack. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't have a complete Robots in Disguise collection. I, I will say that my Dark Horse kind of favorite that doesn't get a lot of discussion is actually Bumblebee. There's something really nice about Warrior Class Bumblebee. Something really mm. pleasing about his proportions and uh, how he works out in both modes, frankly. Uh, you know, as a car, he's basically a box with wheels. That's what all cars are uh, in Transformers <laughs> world, but uh, his robot mode is, is, is really pleasing. So I would actually recommend him too. Uh, Grimlock gets all the chatter, but I, I think Bumblebee is a, is a fine, is a fine choice too. What are your, um, what are your thoughts on kind of just philosophically the way they've gone about robots in disguise? It's not, they have almost admitted, admitted that this line isn't, collector friendly so to speak because you don't have the variety of sizes and you don't have uh, uh, elaborate larger toys for collectors that collectors might find display friendly it's basically the warrior class is the closest thing if anything um, that you would consider a collector tier philosophically as a collector what are your thoughts on, on that kind of approach to uh, arguably the main line certainly the one that has the media marketing behind it what are your thoughts i i really don't mind it i you know i'm glad they're even doing the warrior class because i i I would not have blamed them in a certain sense if they just decided to buy uh, past collectors entirely for this line because you know the needs of collectors and i think the needs of kids at this point are so far apart that it is really hard to please everybody so having you know generations separate from everything they're doing with robots in disguise, they could have just left it alone at that or done, you know, a non-combining generations assortment somewhere way down the line. But, you know, I, I'm glad they have, like, semi-collector-friendly toys in the Warrior class. It, it's just that weird balance where I want them to actually make toys that I want, but I know if they only make toys that I wa- uh, want it's not going to be big enough to sustain things the way they want to do it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think um, I think it's sometimes good to, to, to keep us as a collector's community kind of within the context of what they're trying to do. So let's talk a little bit about maybe some, some lemons, some stinkers, if you have any. Um, in, the past, in the recent past, any Transformers, or if you can't think of any Transformers, if there's any toys kind of in general that you've come across that just kind of missed the mark, been disappointing. Anything come to mind? Actually, no. I have lucked out lately. You know, I Combiner Wars has uh, been, you know, like I said, with Transformers, most of what I've done. And otherwise, I've, I've kind of, you know, uh, kept pr- pretty quiet in terms of toy collecting. The, the, only, the only non-Transformers thing I've actually bought recently is, you know, something I, I don't want to call it a holy grail because that's just a kind of weird collecting term that i i don't quite 
Now, it doesn't quite meet the definitions for me, but I got that one set of uh, Gundam figures I mentioned on RFC about a, m- a month back that I've been looking for for like eight, nine years, and they are both quite nice. So I, you know, I've been lucky this year. I can't complain. That's really good. I, I will say the, the only thing that's been disappointing to me is this kind of a, this is an, an indirect disappointment, so to speak, or a meta disappointment is when I um, I did order the Transformers Adventure animated Dinobots, so oh. Slag and Swoop, and they're um, they're significant repaints of recolors of of animated toys, but they're disappointing in that they they made me confront that as far as animated goes, I, I've completely moved on. My my feelings, my my um, I guess attraction, affection, affection's a good word for for Transformers animated. Just isn't there anymore. It's just I, I've kind of mentally moved on from that. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it at the time, but it does definitely mean that it's it's just it was just a different time and it, it had its time. And I've kind of moved on aesthetically. I know uh, what you mean because I, I actually bought the complete animated. DVD series from Amazon last year. I haven't even so much to, has looked at it yet. Yeah, it's um, I, I've ha- I've had that happen a few times with Transformers, where I've had no I've had no interest to revisit uh, a world once it was completed. Animated feels like that for me, um, both in the toy line and the show, and I and I enjoyed both both at the time immensely, but. For whatever reason, I guess I was satisfied. You know, I, I was I was done with that universe. Um, but but that brings up a good topic. Do you have a Transformers line in particular that is your favorite and and possibly one that you you enjoy revisiting? One that one that hasn't kind of faded to the back, so to speak. That's that's a tough call. Um, I think I like to go back and look at my Unicron trilogy stuff. Every so often, I, I like to mess with that, and you know the, those few occasions when we got new characters from that in generations, I was very happy to get them, even when you know the toys were not wonderful. I'm not quite sure why that one stuck with me. I think it's because that's basically when I got back to Transformers. I kind of you know after Generation Two, I kind of took the '90s off. I, I have gotten back to watching Beast Wars and Beast Machines and gotten some of the toys, you know, retroactively. But at, at the time, I just kind of ignored it in favor of whatever else I was looking at at the time, probably Dragon Ball Z. I think in terms of toys, I'll be happy to look at Unicron Trilogy stuff pretty much whenever they would uh, like to bring it up again, the exception being that Armada Megatron leader class figure. That just doesn't work for me. Unicron Trilogy is i wouldn't say controversial is too too hard of too harsh but but i think lots of people have mixed feelings about the various three toy lines and and sub collections and things like that so i'm actually interested in what are your thoughts specifically on energon i know that line ran real hot and real cold with people um and it's certainly a line that had a concept behind it um unlike say mini cons in armada which i think was largely beloved um, Energon's combination gimmick uh, idea concept that kind of binded everything together. Uh, I mean, you know, it kind of had its it, it, it had an impact on the designs. Let's say that. Oh yeah. What What are your thoughts? What's your opinion on Energon? Did you like it? Uh, I mean, what do you think of it? The toys that were good were really good, and the toys that weren't tended to be really not. 
Um, I I really liked that Optimus Prime. I know a lot of people did not, but I I liked it. I thought it worked. I'm happy to see a little bit, a few references to it in the Combiner Wars Prime design. Of course, that Scorponok is just a spectacular figure even now. Um, the almost all the Ultra stuff from that is pretty good. I'm, a bulkhead is an excellent toy. I think that I think that line maybe, if anything, at the time probably suffered coming right on the heels of Armada's toy line. Yeah, you know they were they were going for a for a kind of I think harder edged, less friendly look than Armada just for a start. The thing with the combining thing is that it's always difficult to get a transformer that works in more than two modes, sometimes more than one mode. But the the fact that the Autobots all had to be, you know, a somehow be a decent robot, a decent vehicle, hopefully an okay torso and maybe, you know, a decent pair of pants, it just I don't think there was a single one of them that managed to accomplish all four of those things. If they did, usually the sacrifice was articulation. I'd say probably the closest to managing it was actually Inferno. And, of course, to to achieve that as a pair of legs, he does not move at all. He was immobile um, in, leg, mm-hmm. in, in pants mode. Uh, since we're... Since now we're in Unicron trilogy, which is not a place I expected when we when we when we start our conversation, but I'm certainly not complaining. This uh, this trilogy of toy lines doesn't get a whole lot of chatter. Let's uh, let's talk about the other two real quick. Uh, Cybertron. Now Cybertron was I don't know if it was a retreat. It was certainly pulling back uh, the the proper toys kind of into more of a two to three modes at most kind of. Thing, far less ambitious, but the Cybertron keys as a gimmick um, felt like uh, sort of like this kind of, at least to me, kind of like tiptoeing back to the idea of mini cons without doing mini cons. Mm-hmm. Um, what, <clears throat> what, any any memories in particular about Cybertron? It, it, for me, honestly, that's of the three lines that it's the most forgettable line to me. But uh, there are some there are some some toys that I do enjoy in it. What were your impressions of uh, Cybertron? I, I agree with you. It's it's the one where I kind of started to uh, taper off of, of getting that at the tail end. Also, of course, that's about when Classics started, so that kind of divided my attention. And again, that's when Gundam started getting really good, too, so that's kind of why I, why I dropped off of that. But I think I think you're entirely right about, you know, try, trying to do mini-cons without mini-cons, trying to not divert quite as much of the budget away from the main figure and there are a few deluxes from that I quite like that probably more than from uh, than from Energon when you get down to it. Um, I think my favorite two out of the whole line probably uh, Optimus Prime and Vector Prime. I don't disagree with that. I was I was thinking as you were talking what my favorite Cybertron toy would be, and I think I, I think without question for me it is Optimus Prime. He's <clears throat> he's interesting. It was definitely you could see if actually if you go back and look at Cybertron Optimus Prime. You can kind of see where they were reaching this kind of terminal state with how they were reinventing and designing and kind of over-designing Optimus Prime through that trilogy. That mm-hmm. it was time to kind of start over after Cybertron Prime. He he's really cool. He's also kind of overwrought and and just 
there's just a lot going on with him. It, there's there's nowhere to take like if you said okay take this figure and evolve it even further, it would be unrecognizable at at some point. They they had just taken that to the hilt. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, so let's rewind all the way back. Let's go back to where it all began in that trilogy to Armada. I think Armada is. I would say it's still uh, the memory of Armada is starting to fade. I think in in a lot of fans' minds, just because we're all old. But um, <laughs> it was like beloved, um, especially the toy line. The cartoon kind of was part of the honeymoon of of kind of coming out of robots in disguise and uh, car robots and. It was original and new, and I think uh, I think it got a pass, fair or not fair, on a lot of uh, on a lot of levels. And then Energon and Cybertron got hammered. But um, the toy line for Armada, beloved, um, I loved it. I, I, I recently dug out Megatron and um, Sideways, kind of randomly, just kind of mess around with them. Uh, do they show their age? Yeah, a little bit. But the line itself was kind of purposefully going back to a simpler, kind of indestructible version of toys. Um, to, to kind of like, you know, have a clean break between robots in disguise, car robots, what have you, trying to go back to a little bit more of a pure state. Um, but, but it was, it was loved, uh, I think, uh, by, by most people. What are your memories of Armada? Well, like, I, like I said before, that's the one where I started buying Transformers again. I, on a whim, I picked up that the Supercon Optimus Prime because it reminded me of, the G2 Hero Optimus Prime, the smaller one, because that was actually, for a very long time, my favorite Optimus Prime figure. And that's actually how I met XV, because we were on, I was on a, uh, a, we were both members of a Gundam forum we wound up working for later, but that's a whole sorry story, it doesn't need told. Um, I had gotten Supercon Prime, and of course, as it comes out of the package, the hips are fairly limited because of those designs, the, the shapes on, on the front of the thighs. So he's the one who told me that if you unscrew the legs and just swap the thighs, you get a lot more range out of that. So that's how we first met. That's the first Armada toy I got. And yeah, I, I, I kept with Armada uh, from there. And I think in many ways, Supercon Prime was kind of a high point for me as a person who has always been kind of big on articulation. But that's certainly not the only good toy in the line. Uh, the, the the large Optimus Prime is actually a lot of fun. And Megatron, like you said. And and now my brain's gone totally blank trying I, to think of some of the other ones. I'm not going to blame you. I, I'm, I'm not going to judge you because I was about to compliment you on knowing the crazy names for all these size classes <laughs> over the course of Unicron Trilogy. The, yeah, the big prime, really high concept, you know, like the self-transforming Transformer. I don't think we've ever seen anything near that attempted since, have we? No, I mean, you know, they, they go, they keep going back to the idea of, you know, easy or or automatic transformations in various ways that the one that always kind of fascinated me, but I never got cheap enough for me to pull the trigger on were the gravity bots that hit with, I think the first movie where you just tilt them up and they, you know, slide down into robot mode. But in terms of something that elaborate, that, that operates entirely on its own, I'm pretty sure that is the only one. Plus I had exactly the right model TV that I could use Optimus Prime to turn it on and off. So that was great. Rob, this was a great, if not eclectic, uh, discussion about Transformers uh, toys. I really appreciate it. Let's do it again. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, before we go, guys, I do want to remind you, uh, as I always do, that this show and every other show on the RFC Network is sponsored by you. That is if you go to tfradio.net, click on the Amazon link, and do your shopping. You don't have to buy anything extra, anything more than you normally would. You don't have to buy anything special. But when you check out, uh, some nickels and dimes go into Brian Kilby's pocket to keep the lights on. We all appreciate that. So go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link, do your shopping, and you support us. And we wouldn't be here without you guys, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, On that note, uh, I'm John DeLuna, and we will see you on the next RFC Minicast.